0: So, and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Re'eh and at the last at the end of the parasha there's a verse that says <clears throat> and go to the place which Hashem your God will choose to make his name rest there and this this verse this pasuk is referring to the mitzvah of Bikurim. Bikurim is that the people, when they used to live in the land of Israel, when the temples were erected and the Mishkan, they used to offer the first fruits to the temple, the first of their crops, the best, the choicest of their crops in the place that Hashem will choose. It's very interesting the wording of this verse because we all know that the place is Jerusalem. But why doesn't the verse say, go to Jerusalem and offer, and offer the Bikurim. So the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, points out that the verse does not mention Jerusalem for a reason. The the Torah is very precise in its wording. There's never more or less of the words. And when there's more words than you would think they're needed or there's less words that you think were needed, in reality, they're the exact wording that Hashem needs to impart. So instead, This verse alludes to Jerusalem with the words the place which Hashem will choose. And to make his name rest there, it's clear that Jerusalem is the place that Hashem chose from all the other places in the whole world. But nevertheless, it is a strange concept that the name of Jerusalem is not put in this verse. So we see here that... uh, that one hebrew word jerusalem would have sufficed instead of putting all these words together but the rev explains this as follows he has a beautiful explanation about it and he says in any place in which a jew reveals hashem hashem's name is like jerusalem like we are not bounded by a place there is no such thing that we are stuck in a place obviously jerusalem is not a place that you're stuck in but what it's really meaning is that a jew wherever he is he's making that place if he's doing whatever he needs to do if he's offering for hashem he's doing everything for the service of god is as if he's in jerusalem and so today when we don't have a big dash, uh, what do we do? Where do we do our sacrifices? Where do we do our korbanot? We don't have a temple anymore and this uh, practice has been eradicated for almost 2000 years. So our sages explain and they tell us that what does the, the, the substitute, what is the substitute for the korbanot, for the, for the sacrifices, that were standard in the times of the temple today they're substituted by our prayers so can we say that a Jew can pray only in Jerusalem no we cannot say that that's the only place where our prayers are going to be heard and answered obviously there's places that have more kedusha have more holiness they're more in like a sponge they're more conducive to bring blessings to the world, to, they're more open, they're like gateways to heaven. But in reality, wherever a Jew is and wherever a Jew is praying, it is as he, if he is making that place Jerusalem. So we see here that re'e re'e to see, this is what the meaning of this word is. In this parasha, the Rebbe discusses the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Israel, which is the mitzvah of settling the land. And it is an obligation to every Jew to live in Jerusalem or in Israel and to immigrate to Israel from wherever they live in the diaspora in order to be able to serve Hashem. This is a question. Is is a Jew obligated to live in Israel, in the land of Israel? If he's not in the land of Israel, is he serving Hashem? Is he doing his service? So there is a story about one Hasidim of the Tzemach uh, who was the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, <clears throat> and this Hasid had decided he wanted to do Aliyah, and he went to the Rebbe, to his Rebbe, the Tzemach to get a blessing from him that he should go and he should settle in the land of Israel. But to his surprise, the Tzemach said to him, Mach do eret Yisrael, make Israel over here. Why do you have to go there? You can make it here. And uh, in reality, we have to make something, um, I have to stop here and make a point because it's very relevant and very important. I'm not making a talk on discouraging people of doing Aliyah and going to the land of Israel and settling there. Obviously, this is the whole, uh, this is the, the purpose of our existence is to end up settling the land of Israel and with Mashiach and, and we, every Jew should live in the land of Israel. But what I'm telling you here is if this commandment, this, um, this uh, pasuk, this verse that says, and go to the place which Hashem, your God, will choose, not mentioning Jerusalem, but is alluding to it, that do, does a, Jew has an obligation to live and settle the land of Israel. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe Lubavitch, eh, he first quotes a statement of the sages, to effect that living in the diaspora is like idol worship. So there is a statement that says, Kol hadar bahut laere, keilu it, is a, it is as if a person living outside of Israel does not have God. So when people hear this, obviously they feel like, Oh no, I have to move to the land of Israel because if I'm not living there, it's like I'm idol worshiping. I don't trust Hashem, it's a lack of Bitahon so the question is how can a religious Jew live in the diaspora how can we all live here in America in Latin America in in Europe we there's I don't know there's around uh, I don't know how many Jews outside of the land of Israel like six seven million Jews outside of the land of Israel so the question is are we allowed to live outside the land of Israel are we desecrating our, our Torah by not living in the land of Israel. So the the Rebbe explains this point very, very clearly. And he says, of course, if you have the means, if you have the ability to move to the land of Israel, you should by all means move to the land of Israel. But uh, <clears throat> But it doesn't mean that a person needs to live in the land of Israel to be able to serve Hashem with his whole heart, with his whole soul, with his whole might. That is not what this verse is saying. It's a little confusing. We're going to explain what it really comes to, to mean. So it says that we see in Israel many people that are not shamayim, that they live in the land of Israel and they're not keeping Mitzvot. And then we see people outside of the land of Israel who are very shamayim. They keep the Torah by the law and they love Hashem and they love his mitzvahs. So how come they're not packing their suitcases and moving to Israel with this, um, with this uh, verse of the sages? So the Rebbe says that there are certain important things that we need to clarify before a person moves to the land of Israel. So the first thing that we need to clarify is this statement of the sages that they use the expression kol hadar behutz laeris. There are many words which express the idea of dwelling in the land of Israel, but the sages explicitly use the root word dar. And this has the connotation of kivius permanence. So in other words, what our sages are saying in this is this when a person lives in a diaspora, when a person lives outside the land of Israel, but he doesn't feel that he's a permanent, um, a permanent citizen of somewhere else out of the land of Israel. For a Jew is first being a Jew in the land of Israel and second is the country, his host country that has graciously taken him in. But many people for them, they're first American and then they're Jewish. And this is what happened in the the Holocaust, which was a tragedy. People were German before anything else. First they were German and then they were Jewish. First they were French and then they were Jewish. So this is what it means, this verse, this is what it means. What it means is, that when a person lives in the diaspora and looks upon his living there as a makom, a keba, a permanent place, when he sees he's comfortable in a place, he has a lovely home, a lovely um, social club, a beautiful shul, good friends, good restaurants, he's comfortable. And he's in, inside of him he, 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 he feels this is it, this is the place I want to live. Why would I want to go to Israel? This is my permanent uh, my per- permanent place so because because he just is comfortable and he's not waiting for Mashiach and he's not dreaming about going to the land of Israel so here it says that for this person is as if he has no God and he's idol worshiping other gods because he's not thinking that living outside the land of Israel for him it's a, it's a meaning it's a it's a purpose that he has to accomplish a jew wherever he is he's meant to to elevate the place where he's living He's meant to make it better he's meant to bring kedusha to the place he's meant to inspire other people in that place he has a job that's why he's there but not for him to think oh this is it i'm so comfortable here and this is gonna be the place where i'm where i wish to live so the first factor to know is how a person looks at his life in galut if a person is living outside of the land of Israel and he's yearning for the land of Israel and he knows and he feels you know this place has been very good to me thank God I'm very grateful and very appreciative of it and I've been giving to it all but in reality I don't belong here this is not my home this is not where I feel this is my home then the priority of this person is Mashiach this person knows why he's in this place. He has a purpose. He has something that he has to, to accomplish in this place. There's no mistakes. Hashem puts him there for a reason. Look at Joseph Hatzadik. He came out of, of, of the land of Israel, of Canaan, ended up in Egypt. He descended to the most depraved place in the world, but he came to elevate it, and he eventually became the viceroy of Egypt. But he never left his Yiddish guide, he was always very holy and very very uh, Yiddish very observant of the Torah he never bended, he never assimilated so this is what the Rebbe is telling us here like if a person comes and lives in the diaspora and he knows that it's only a temporary place in, in his journey and he's yearning for Mashiach and Israel, then he has the priorities right and he has no other gods. He, for him, Hashem is Hashem. But, but if a person lives in a place and he's comfortable there, and he has no yearning for the land of Israel, and he has no yearning for Mashiach, then it's as if he has no God, and he's serving other idols. So the Rambam explains that one way that we will know that Mashiach is a true redeemer is that he will gather together the jews from the four corners of the world this is one of the prophecies he will gather the jews from all corners of the world and this indicates that jews have what to do in the four corners of the earth until messiah comes so this this prophecy is telling us like yeah jews are meant to be everywhere if we're thrown into the diaspora we're in galut we're not in the land of israel and jews are living in every weird place in the world, you have Jews everywhere Thailand, India, South America you name it, Africa, we have Jews everywhere, in reality Hasidut teaches us that wherever a Jew lives, wherever it might be his mission is to bring godliness and Yiddishkeit into that part of the world, that's his job, so every Jew Wherever you are, your job is to bring revelation of Hashem into this world. And that is a tremendous mission. A mission. That's a tremendous mission. Of bringing uh, Kedusha to the world. To bring holiness to every part of the world. Not just Israel. You know, the Jew we might look like very insular people that we keep to ourselves and that we live in our own worlds and we don't mix with anything else but in reality, we are allied to the nations this is what we have to understand we are the big brother of the world and we're here to elevate the world to help other people connect to Hashem no matter their color, their race, their genders, their affiliations, their, their religions the Jew is here to help that person connect to God. That's, we are the connectors. So there's another argument that many people quote, and it's the mitzvah of Yeshuv Eretz Israel, settling the land of Israel. And it's a mitzvah, how can I, do, I not do that mitzvah? It's a mitzvah to settle the land. So how come we're all here and we're not doing the mitzvah? So the Rebbe Lubavitch explains that there are many differences of opinion as to whether it's an obligatory mitzvah in our time. There's no Beit HaMikdash. In the times of the Beit HaMikdash, for sure every Jew had to live in the land of Israel. But today, there, there's no Beit HaMikdash. So the question is, is it an obligatory mitzvah? Is it applicable for our times? And, um, and if not, if it's not applicable, then we are absolutely not transgressing a mitzvah from not living in the land of Israel. For example, keeping Shabbat is a mitzvah that it doesn't matter where you live, if you're not keeping Shabbat, you're transgressing the mitzvah of Shabbat. But not living in the land of Israel does not mean that we are uh, transgressing the mitzvah of settling the land in this time of our life uh, experience. So regarding all the people who want to go to Eretz Israel, because it's a mitzvah, the Rebbe asks, have they done all the other 613 mitzvahs that are obligatory? Like, okay, you know, to live in the land of Israel is really a privilege. Anybody that's in Israel, living there, breathing the air of Israel, has a certain sehud, has a certain merit to be able to be there. And it comes with Privilege. You know, I remember many years ago, we went and we rented an apartment in the old city for the summer. And it had a, a beautiful big window and it overlooked the hotel, uh, the, the wailing wall. And when I came into this apartment, I told the lady, the, the, the landlord that was renting it to me, I said, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to, to watch TV. I'm not gonna be able to, to get dressed just like to walk in my pajamas in this apartment. I, I feel like this, this, the hotel is looking at me all the time. It's, I feel like this feeling of responsibility. And she looked at me and laughed, and she says, you don't know what this apartment is. This, this apartment, whoever stays here, it comes with responsibility. This apartment comes with responsibility. And I thought I was there for my vacation, I needed to rest, whatever. So guess what, for a whole month, I was hosting people for Shabbat meals. People I had no idea, backpackers, young kids, that they came in birthright, there's this guy that finds them everywhere in Israel and sends them to homes to eat. And you know what, I was working the whole summer. I thought I was going to have a vacation, but I didn't. I was taking care of Hashem's children. So yes, living in Israel comes with a, it's a package deal, you have a responsibility when you live in the land of Israel. It's a a holier place, the Kedusha is huge, and, uh, and, and a person that lives in the land of Israel has more responsibilities and more obligations than a person that lives outside of the land of Israel, because there's no excuse. You're living in Hashem's palace. This is His, His kingdom. So how can you behave like you behave somewhere else if you're in His palace? So living in Israel means that you are taking on responsibility to behave on the highest level of Yiddishkeit because you're in the king's palace. This is an awareness, this is, you need to have spiritual sensitivity. So the Rebbe says, yeah, you wanna live in the, in the king's palace? Wonderful, go. But you have to know that when you live in the king's palace, you have, you're accountable, much more accountable than when you live outside. So the, the, the idea of, of moving to the land of Israel is beautiful, we all dream with it, uh, we're all yearning for the times when we will be able to go there uh, and live as it's meant to be. But uh, as the parasha begins, it says, it says at the beginning of the parasha, interestingly, it says, Look, Re'eh, I'm putting before you today blessings and curses. And the the blessings will come so that you shall heed the commandments of the eternal, your God, that I'm commanding to you today. And the curses will come if you do not heed the commandments of the eternal, your God, and stray from the path that I'm commanding you today by following the gods of others that you did not know. And so, yes, there is cause-consequence. When we live in a certain way, we get... You do A, you get B. You do B, you get C. That's the world how God made this world. It's a choice world. You are free to choose from following Hashem or not following Hashem. But when you go to his his kingdom, when you go to his palace, to his choicest home, you cannot behave how you want to behave. You have to behave how the king wants you to behave. And so choose the blessings because it's interesting that that pasuk says see I'm giving you a blessing and a curse it doesn't say a blessing or a curse it's telling you a blessing and a curse what does this mean a blessing and a curse what it means is that from Hashem nothing bad can come everything is good everything he sends us is good but Depending on our behavior, depending on our decisions, on our actions, on the way we perceive the world, on the way that our perception makes us live, the results are going to be in our eyes, in our vision, in the way we perceive the world, either a blessing or a curse. So yes, let's go to Israel. I can't wait. I'm waiting. But meantime, I'm, I'm here. I have a job to do. I have people to inspire. I have a lot of things that I need to do here before Mashiach comes and uh, we're able to merit the eternal uh, redemption. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.